This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. What kind of super ager are you? Go to ageist.com slash quiz. Take the super ager quiz and we'll send you directed personalized information to help you super age the best that you can. Welcome to Super Age. My name is David Stewart. I am the founder of Ageist and your host on the Super Age show. We talk about how to live healthier, how to live longer, and how to be happier. And who doesn't want that? Today's show is brought to you by Divi, hair care products specifically designed for men and women who are concerned with hair loss and scalp health. Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Aegis, save 20% off your first order. Today's show is also brought to you by Timeline Nutrition with their breakthrough product, MitoPure, the first clinically tested urolithin A supplement, which is showing tremendous results for mitochondrial health. Go to TimelineNutrition.com slash Aegist, use the code Aegist at checkout, and save 10% off your first order of MitoPure. This show is also brought to you by Element. L-M-N-T, my favorite electrolyte mix. It's what I put in my water in the morning, and it's what I put in my water at the gym. Go to drinkelement.com slash ageist and receive a free eight-serving sample pack with any purchase. Welcome to episode 167 of the Super Age Podcast. This will be dropping on January the 17th, 2024. Today, we are in the very, very snowy and cold mountains of Utah. There have been Something like six feet of snow have arrived in the last four days. And although that's not that unusual around here, it's it's unusual to get all that at once. There really wasn't that much snow this year until like last week. And then boom. And now walking down the sidewalks, there's like a corridor with walls of snow on either side. And it's cold and it's blowing. And it was there was actually so much snow, especially with the high winds, there was really no skiing. Like it, was, it was just unsafe. They couldn't open the lifts. There was too much avalanche danger. So meh, too much, too little. Nobody's happy. This week on the show, we've got Denise Kirtley, who we profiled in Aegis Magazine a couple of weeks ago. And I was so impressed with her. I really wanted her on the show so you could hear her voice and hear her talk a little bit about her transformation, her physical transformation, how it changed her identity, her sense of who she was. And she now works with other women. She gave up her previous business. And now all she does is work with women to help them do the same thing. And one of the things we're going to talk about is this idea of dreaming. And it was Martin Luther King's birthday this week. And I thought this would be a great theme. As we know, Martin gave one of the most memorable speeches in human history, I Have a Dream, an incredible speech. It just brings me to this idea of, are we allowed to have dreams? This is actually something we're going to speak more in depth with with Denise, but I've given it some thought because someone has asked me, what were my dreams, not my goals, what were my dreams in six or seven areas of my life? It was really quite a process to write those down and articulate those. Writing that down required sort of fighting against this, what I can only call a, a parentally installed voice in my head, which tells me, who do you think you are voice? You know, To dream so big, how dare you? And if you dream big, well, you're just going to be disappointed because you're never going to get there and just settle down and become right-sized like the rest of us. It's one of the least favorite parts of myself is that little voice in there in my head that I feel like I've spent 
many decades pushing against. And I'm thinking, though, that I'm not particularly singular in this. I think that for so many of us, this idea of what's the dream? Like, what's the thing that would really make it amazing, that it would really make it wondrous? Like, what is that? And to think about that, this idea that, you know, when we're younger, there seems to be sort of an inverse relationship between age and dreams, right? That we're, when we're younger, we're allowed to dream big because there's all this possibility. And then as we get older, actually, in a lot of ways, our capacity to manifest these dreams increases. However, the dreams themselves decrease. Like we don't really allow ourselves to dream big because maybe we've gotten kicked around a little bit or, you know, like, well, I don't deserve it now, or maybe I can't do it, or I don't know what it is. One of the missions at Aegis, probably our primary mission has always been in these last nine years that we've been doing this, is to help expand people's imagination of what is possible. So you can have a pretty good idea that I thought a lot about this. What struck me when this person asked, what's your dream? What do you really want to do? It was so hard for me to go there, to like allow myself to go there. So we're going to get with Denise and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And I just want to say like, for all you guys out there who are listening to this, like, if not now, when? And yeah, we deserve these bigger dreams. And maybe we make them come true and maybe we don't, but the journey and the struggle is worth it. And I just want to say like, go, 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 <laughs> like do it. What's on your mind? What are your dreams? I don't know. If you want to share them with us, we'll put them on the air, on the air, on the podcast. David, superage.com. You know what my email is. Hit me up. We're going to get with Denise Kirtley in just a moment after a quick word from our sponsors. Did you know that just pounding water all day is not going to keep you hydrated? You need the right mix of electrolytes in that water to help that water be absorbed properly and also to help your body function well with the right electrolytes. Element, LMNT, contains sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which are critical for helping our brains and our bodies function. One of the unfortunate facts is as we get older, it's harder to drink water, essentially because our thirst response is diminished. So we need to put extra emphasis on drinking water, staying hydrated with the right electrolytes. Of course, if you are prehypertensive or have hypertension, check with your doctor before having anything with sodium in it. For the rest of us, though, Element is a great solution. Go to drink element.com that's d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t.com slash ageist get a free eight serving sample pack with your first purchase today's show is also sponsored by divi whose products take hair scalp and self-care to the next level hair loss affects 80 million americans and it's not just men over 40 percent of americans who experience hair loss are women divi was created when danny austin went through an emotional hair loss journey she took it upon herself to research and learn about the importance of and the routines behind scalp health. Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. It can be used by men and women of all ages who want to start or continue their scalp care journey. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Well, we have a special offer for those listening to the Super Age podcast and for the ageist audience. Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Aegis, that's D-I-V-I-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L.com slash Aegis, or enter Aegis at checkout and get 20% off your first order. 
Quick reminder, stay with us after my interview with Denise Kirtley, which is really pretty great, for Just Try This. You know, that little tidbit that we put in every week to help you live a little healthier, a little longer, and maybe with a little more joy. That's right after my conversation with Denise Kirtley. Let's give Denise a call right now. Hey, Denise, how you doing today? How are you, David? It's so good to see you again. I'm good. As you're recording this, I got an email from my HOA. I live in Park City, Utah, and they said, the largest storm ever ever oh. in Park City is expected this weekend. So we're expected 48 inches of snow in two days. That's an inch an hour. Oh my and God. with 45 mile an hour winds. And they said, we're sorry, but our plows aren't going to be able to keep up with this. Oh. I just came back from Whole Foods with like sacks of food because I might be marooned <laughs> for a you're while. Like, so. You're going to be in survival mode. Well, I'm in LA. It was 40 degrees when I woke up and I thought I was like in the dead of winter, got my big coat out. So yeah, but that's a different <laughs> level. Yeah. Well, LA 40 degrees is survival it's, mode. I mean, come it, on. Yes. I know. We're <laughs> suffering for sure. <laughs> well, good luck with that. That's scary, actually. I mean, if it happens the way they're saying, if they're not going to be able to go to the ski resorts or like anything else, wow. there's just going to be like too much. So, well, whatever. Ooh, there's always scary you know, times. Good luck with Netflix. that. Netflix. <laughs> exactly. You can catch up on some good shows. Okay. So uh, let's introduce you to the Super Age audience. Tell me a little bit about some of your background and your journey and where you are now. Okay. So I'm a middle-aged woman. I'm 53 years old. I'll start there. I had been on a transformation journey. So I think what women do is they do two things in life. They put their needs on hold for often either they're raising a family or they're focused on a career. I had been focused on my career. I was an entrepreneur. And I kind of ignored myself, right, for a few decades, like a lot of women do. And at age 49, the things that used to work no longer worked. It's a very common story. Perimenopause hit. I gained a lot of weight over a period of about four years. And in the middle of COVID, I just decided that was enough. And I started on the same day tracking macros, eating more protein, and working out with weights, which I had never done before. I want to stop you. What provoked that moment? When it was like, this is okay to this is not okay. What happened there? Well, I think it was a few things. One, I was home and like a lot of people during COVID, I was coping even more with food and frankly, alcohol. I was drinking wine almost every night um, mm. for a couple of months during COVID. I told myself I was European and that was fine because that's what the Europeans do. <laughs> <laughs> but right, a lot of not us all during COVID, right? I, you know, yeah. and um yeah. I had gained 15 pounds like within a few months. And the biggest thing for me, and I've talked about this, my aha moment was I had to take off my wedding rings because my fingers grew too large for them. And there was something that clicked in me. And I was like, this is just enough. I've had it. I had hit my threshold. And from then on, I I sought out a way to change my life. And I had actually seen, I'll share with you, I saw Joan McDonald on Instagram, right? And she started weight training at seven years old. Yes, I saw her photos and I could not get it out of my mind. And I was like, I want to do what she's doing, right? So I sought Mm -hmm. out macros. I started lifting weights the same day. And within eight months, I had lost 50, well, actually about nine months, 55 pounds. And I had increase my muscle mass more than anything. The most important thing was I was getting strong. And I, along the way, I had fallen in love with bodybuilding. And I ended up competing from the day I started 27 months, months later in a body, my first bodybuilding competition. 
So it was just, it's been a remarkable journey. And then from there, I ended up leaving the company that I had formed 22 years ago. I founded a new company aimed at helping midlife women get strong in their bodies because I think that's critical as we age. So my company, Rebellion Body, was founded this year to help other women get strong too. I want to go right at some of this. Okay. There are a couple things that people get stuck on with this. Yes. The one is the weight number, the poundage, yes. which is something I like to stay away from. I don't really think that's the issue here, but Great. talk to me about the number. Like that was the number that you referenced. So t- yes. talk to me a little bit about that. First of all, I think we all need to be comfortable in our bodies. I felt one uncomfortable in my body because I had gained you know, so much weight over a period of four, four years. I was like most women. I had those clothes in my closet. I wanted them to fit again, right? I kept those old clothes. I personally think if you want to lose weight and that's a goal, there's nothing wrong with that. We all have that choice, right? Mm-hmm. That was a goal of mine. But more importantly, as I had gained weight, my health declined. And what did that look like? I became pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. I started having joint pain in my knees specifically. Unfortunately, I have 50 stairs from the ground level to my front door. I had to go up and down the stairs every day. It had become painful. So I had gone to the doctor and he said, you have arthritis in your knees and you need to lose weight to to take this pressure off your joints. Um, Mm. I had to stop about 20 stairs up, right? Each time I would get so exhausted. So it wasn't just about the weight, but in, to, in order to improve my health and increase, you know, make these health markers improve, that was one of the parts of my journey that was necessary for me. But and so, it did improve. You mentioned you were pre-diabetic. And yes. I got to remember, I can't pull the statistic out of my head here, but it's something like 80% of Americans are in some form of metabolic disease, diabetes being one of them. And pre-diabetic would also be sort of categorizing that. How did your pre-diabetic state, how did that change with your transformation? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? I started really paying attention and being intentional about what I ate and really monitoring. I mean, before, honestly, it was like there was a lot of pizza. I was a binge eater. I mean, I've been honest about this. I was an emotional and binge eater. The way I would deal with stress was I I would eat and it would happen late at night and I'd go in my pantry. Mm. And if there was a bag of chips or a big thing of chocolate, I'd eat the entire thing, right? It wasn't like a little, Mm. like it would be the whole thing. And so clearly that caused it. So when I started eating more protein, I really prioritize protein. I can't stress enough how important that is for muscle building and retention. I cleaned up my diet. I really aim to eat 80% whole natural foods. Then when I got my blood work done again, you know, after it was probably a year later, I was in the normal range. So, you know, I wasn't very good about even getting my blood work done regularly then. Now I do it twice a year. That's really part Mm. of my health regimen to really monitor. I take supplements based on what my blood work says. And I think you have to be intentional like this if you want to age strong and healthy and vibrantly. I agree 100%. I I just want to circle back to this yes, because I think people confuse vanity appearance and it's nothing about vanity. I think if vanity is going to get you healthy, bring it on. Right, Uh, exactly. But it's it's fine. Yeah. If that's the channel that's going to get you there, right on. But I think there's people confuse appearance with health and... One of the things about building muscle, I'm going to diagnose you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I'm just going to diagnose you here. Sort of two things happen. You reduce the glycemic load in the food you were eating. That cut down the glucose and the insulin resistance, essentially, that you were 
experiencing your body. And by right. building muscle, so muscles does a lot of things for us. Uh, besides like helping us lift things up and be confident, it's a glucose sink. It's the biggest glucose sink in our body. So the more muscle you have, the more glucose your body can handle before you go into overload. One of the things that I found most surprisingly recently is that if you have these glucose spikes, they're going to mm -hmm. cause inflammation through your whole body. Mm -hmm. Very bad. It causes all kinds of long-term problems. But it also seems the carbohydrate load. There's nothing I eat a lot of carbohydrates because I mm -hmm. I need them for energy. Yeah, essential. Yeah. But it also it will convert to your blood lipids. So your LDL, your ApoB, stuff like that's going to go up. And one of the more interesting things is by building muscle and eating more protein, for a lot of people, their lipid levels go down. In a way counterintuitive, but that seems to be what happens. Yes, and I also think eating 5 times a day helps to keep those those levels more more level, right? That that really has improved things as well. And I eat protein dose throughout the day to really help with protein synthesis. And I think all those things together combined with the weight training, you know, that really makes a huge difference. I can be very prescriptive with people about like sleep and fitness and some other things. Food is really personal. It so is. I know some people that are Olympic level sort of athletes and they'll eat like once a day or twice a day. That doesn't work for me. I have to sort of eat all the time. I think that it's this sort of goes into like know your body, which is what you're talking about. Like yes. get to know what works for you and you know, different things work for different people. I agree with that. And I talk about this a lot where I feel like I didn't really learn about my body till I was 50, which is kind of weird because you're living in this body for 50 years. But you know what? I didn't really have to pay attention because I could just go along my day, right? And I was relatively healthy most of my life. And then all of a sudden, you know, your hormones start to change, perimenopause happened, things change. And what you have to do is start learning about yourself, what works for you, getting very in tune with your body and being intentional about your health. That is required if you're going to age well. A hundred percent. And I strangely come upon a number of people who are either afraid to learn about how this works. They're not dumb. I mean, it's not like yeah, right. they can't learn. They're just sort of afraid of it. And then they also don't believe they have agency in the situation. This is just some grim reality that must be accepted and they can't have any effect on it. Yes. And that's the narrative we have to change. I would even hmm. go so far as to say, if a doctor tells me to do something now, I really don't immediately say, yes, I think about it. And I sit with mm. it and I think about if that's the right choice for me. And sometimes the answer is no, because mm. we know, I believe, if we can really tune into what's going on with us, we know best, right? What works for us. For instance, I had a doctor say I needed to go off gluten. Um, I was having some gut issues. So I wanted to explore that. Mm. I did. I was worse. My mm. stomach right. like bloated. Right. I was worse. And I was like, you know what? No. That isn't right for me. I stopped eating gluten. I right. felt a hundred times better, right? So it's not always just about getting the health care. It's then doing that check and saying, yeah, but is that right for me? Because we are all unique. There is not yeah. one size fits all when it comes to health. Well, I think one of the biggest changes, like since I was young, where our practitioners were just sort of something that they worked in this sort of mysterious sort of Wizard of Oz behind the curtain yeah. sort of thing, to now I feel like they're partners, and they're, they're highly ones. informed, highly educated, they're really good ones. Yeah, we need them. We need mm -hmm. these people. And then to sort of work back and forth and you know, if it suggests something, I'll, you know, if I'm going to try something new, if I think it's 
I'm not quite sure what it's going to do to me. I'll contact one of my docs and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Is this okay? And I wait till I hear back from them. You have a good doctor. I think those are harder to find, right? I think the ones that are interactive really in that way, I, I do think it's a trend. I think it's becoming more common, but there's still too few. There's still way too yeah. few. It's, it's, it's not, I still hear from women all the time that even have a hard time getting their hormones tested. They don't know where to go, right? Like, cause their oh, doctor doesn't want to oh do it. Oh my God, don't so, get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my God. Like all the controversial oh, things. <laughs> OBGYNs. I mean, my wife goes through this. She has an OBGYN who she told me what the, the doc said to her. And I said, this woman's a moron. Like fire her. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is she talking about? And, and okay, sort of harsh words, but there's a lot of OBGYNs are just essentially there. They're fertility doctors. Yeah. And menopause and premenopause and how to manage hormonal transition is just, it's just not in the playbook. And it's hard to find people who are, you're correct. Yes. And you know what we're seeing a lot of, and I actually really love this is if you go now on Instagram, there's a lot of women who are doctors who are very outspoken about this is what happens to your body in menopause. And they're really focusing on educating women. We didn't have that exposure before, you know, and they have these right. huge followings because women want this information. And you would think you, you're getting it from your doctor, but that's just not always the case. So I love to see this trend of these yeah. popular menopause doctors who are really sharing, you know, this is what you're going through and this is why, and this is what you can do about it. We need more of that. And I think we're only going to see more of it because women really want to learn these things. For people out there, finding the right practitioners is really hard. I'm sort of going through this with a GP who's in my locale and asking around and I'll say, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I screen? One of the screens I sort of thought of was like, okay, send me the blood tests that you do mm -hmm. on intake. And of course, you never get to talk to the doc. You get to talk like somebody in the front and they're like, well, that'll be determined by your visit. And it's like, well, no, don't you just have like a standard thing? Like, what's the panel? Right. And they're like, well, no, no, you got to. So that was my adventure today. It's hard. And I think, especially with women's health, for so many reasons, it's extra hard. I agree. And what I have found is sometimes the best person is not local to you. And so I've yeah. been taking advantage of like, one of my mm. doctors is in Florida. I'm in California. Mm. Right. So oh. I will do these telehealth appointments and they'll, I'll get the mm -hmm. blood work here done locally. So I would tell people, you know, if you can't find someone that you think is great in your area, I think you can do a lot remotely. I really do. Mm. That's a great suggestion. Let's go to We Are Ageist Instagram. We yes. profiled you when, yes. two weeks ago. It was great. Wonderful. Um, so um, if anybody hasn't read that, go to ageist.com and you'll see this amazing profile of Denise and her majestic red dress. And oh, thank you. Fantastic. That was a moment. <laughs> I had a moment in that dress. <laughs> oh, you did good. It was good. You worked yeah, it. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. We put a post up about that. Yes. And we got a lot of comments. We you did. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so it's funny because when I first, I really did not expect it to be controversial. I really didn't. But then after I started seeing some of the comments, I wasn't totally surprised because I have had some posts on my Instagram. When it goes to a wider audience, sometimes you hit people that aren't looking for like a fitness content and you get mm -hmm. these variety of comments. So um, there was a lot of comments about you looked better before, you know, because we had a before mm -hmm. and after. You looked fine, right? They were very weight focused. Um mm -hmm. There were people that said you shouldn't show women, you know, with a barbell doing squats because that's very unapproachable for other women. And then there was a controversy about even showing up before and after. So I was, mm -hmm. it was very interesting for me to read those. 
my first thought was, and I think this is true. I think if I were 25 or 35, some of those comments wouldn't have happened because mm-hmm. I do feel like we have normalized my before body as what midlife women look like, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of, I wasn't super overweight. I was technically overweight. My BMI was overweight, but then you see me muscular and in a bikini and at 53, that's not what someone should be doing. I do feel there is some of this ageism um, in those comments. I really do feel that. I also think, you know, we're very focused on, well, you were fine before. Why did you do that? You were fine. I wasn't fine, right? I was pre-diabetic. I woke up exhausted. I felt like crap most days, right? My quality of life was poor. So I think we need to get beyond what you see and realize that this was a health journey. It was about getting strong. This is about living vibrantly as we age. And the person that I was before was not on that path, right? I was on a downward spiral, if anything. So I... Again, those two things really bothered me that we're we're not willing to look below the surface and maybe like maybe this wasn't just about weight, right? It's about getting strong. Let's focus on I'm obviously more muscular. But two, I think part of it was my age. And I think seeing a 53-year-old woman in a bikini is unacceptable. For for a percent of the population, I do. Oh, I have so much to say about this. I know. Uh, I know. We could just talk for hours uh, on this I, one, right? I know. I, I agree. And I think that the weight thing is totally triggering. And I understand why. Yes, Um, I do too. I would really like to move all discussion of this area away from the weight thing. Because I just think it twists people up. The problems, the health problems, prediabetes, things like this. So there are people who do not really retain subcutaneous fat, which is what Mm -hmm. we normally see as fat. And instead, what they do is they store their fat viscerally. Genetically, some people just don't see on the outside of their body. That's on the inside of their body. So they're essentially skinny fat people. That yeah. visceral fat is around their organs and it's going to cause exactly the same problems as it does with somebody who carries their weight on the outside in a subcutaneous manner, which is more visible to us. But right. Both of these things are health conditions. Right. And the health consequences of being overweight, of having, we'll just say having visceral fat are well-documented. Right. So we're talking about heart disease. We're talking about cancer. We're talking about Alzheimer's. We're talking about diabetes, not to mention feeling horrible all the time. So this is something, the body positivity movement, which mm-hmm. on the one hand is love yourself the way you are. And I'm 100% behind that. Me too. I think the only way you or Joan or really anyone that I've spoken to who's gone through this that's like sort of step one. Like I'm worth yes. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for me. Right. On the you other have hand, to, by the way, really love yourself yeah. to do a transformation. It comes from loving yes. yourself. Yes. That's right. That's yes. right. It's not. It's and I think that that's the first step. Saying to yourself, yes. I am worth this, and I can do this. So those yes. are sort of the two things that, that one has to you know get in mind. Uh huh. But, but back to this body positivity thing. Uh, quite frankly, this is BS. It makes me, I know I'm going to do all kinds of hate mail because I'm saying this, but. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, you're going there. Yeah, oh boy. Okay, here we yeah, go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm going there. Obesity okay. is a disease state. Let's get it real is. about that. What's happened here is because 70% of the population is overweight, um, 30% is obese and a large fraction that is morbidly obese. 
Yes. We have normalized this. We've said yes. that, oh, well, on average. Now, suppose on average people smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. We'd say that's right. okay. Right. No, we would not. That's what's going on here. I think that there's a lot of issues here. There's the food supply. There's the sort of advertising. There's like a lot of stuff that goes into this. And it is not people's fault. And I really want to emphasize that. There I agree are with you. enormous amount of pressures on this. Like, as you said, the emotional pressure. Oh, I'm just going to eat something. Or yeah. the societal pressure of it's just like on and on and on. That does not make it right. I feel rather strongly about this. I know. <laughs> as I spent a year in a hospital with an autoimmune thing. Like, you do not want this. And that's the trajectory. Hospital beds, tubes, bad stuff, nasty. You know, my mom died of cancer. This is not where you want to go. Julie, who we've had on the program, has said, you get to pick your heart. And that's exactly. really hard. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. So I totally I'm going to shut up. That's the end of my soapbox. No. no, I get that. And I think, right, it's a problem we have in this country. Other countries aren't aren't like this, right, to this extent. So um, I don't know what the solution is. But again, I think it goes back to we all have to be intentional about our health. And it is about health. Yeah. It really is about health. We get one life. And you want to be able to live That's it fully. Right. That's fully, right. right. That's my whole yeah. thing. I want to be like 90 and being able to climb up my stairs and it not be a problem and like really get all the juice out of life. And you can't do that if you're not healthy. I just want to tell people like all you guys out there who are listening to this and thinking like, oh, my God, this guy is like a moralist asshole. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may be a moralist asshole, but you care. I just. I care. I want yeah. you guys to have the best possible life you can. Yes. This is, of, of course, everybody likes to look good. You want to look in the mirror and be like, oh, yeah, I look great. That's just part of this. It's a very small part of it. What it I is want a very you to be small part. Healthy. I want you to feel great about yourselves. I don't want you going in for dialysis or some kind of stuff. Like, you don't want that. And exactly. this is hard. Like, what we're talking about here. Being intentional, understanding our bodies, you know, we're these practitioners, it requires work. It's hard. Oh, which brings me to the question. I want to ask you, because a lot of times I have a lot of fun, so they know, they know I have fun. But I want to ask you, like, you know, what you're talking about here is a fairly, you have to be, you got to sleep. You got to, you know, there's like yes. a lot of food you don't eat. You got to, like, go to the gym. But it's not all, like you know, hair shirt sort of stuff, right? Like it, this allows you to have fun. Allows you yes, to have recreation. Exactly. exactly. No. And, and to do it fully, right. You can travel. Right. I feel I have, you know what it is. This is the most important thing. I have energy Yeah. and I didn't before. And that honestly changes everything. I would wake up in the morning tired, like after sleeping, you know, I just opened my eyes and I'd be tired before. And now I wake up and I'm ready to go. And you know what? I'm excited about my life and my future because yeah. when you go through a transformation and you have to be disciplined, right? If you're going to not give up on yourself, you're going to show up for yourself every day. You got to create these habits and you're disciplined. You're also working on your mindset while you're doing this. And I had, you know, I have goals and dreams for my future now that are very compelling that I would never have been bold enough to dream before. Right. I mean, I am excited about my life and I have energy to execute these things that 
is the gold that comes from transformation. It's not about me standing there in a bikini and feeling like, okay, whatever. This is what makes it worth it. This mindset, this attitude, this excitement for what's to come. Because if you're in your 50s or even your 60s or 70s, you might have decades left. We're not just going to sit in a corner, right? Like we want to ha- we want to live this life. That's what it's about. I think that's so beautiful. What you've done through your Instagram and the work that you've done, and really for anyone who does something like this, you've expanded your own personal imagination of what's possible. Yes. But you've let other people know, and this is the whole reason ageist exists, is because we just, we say like, this is now on the menu. You can do this. Yes. Yes. You don't have to do it. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you want to, you can do this. And yes. everyone who's listening out there who thinks you're invisible, I got news for you. You're not. No. People see you wherever you go. And if you follow your dreams, if you do things like what Denise did, people see that. And if you don't, people also see that. Anytime you leave the house, you're sending out a message. You are not invisible. And the work that you do on yourself <clears throat> is contagious. It, is. it sends a ripple through everyone. You guys count. You really count. That's another reason why this is important. Agree. Every person makes a difference in this world. Every single one, right? People tell me I inspire them, which I, to me, is one of my biggest life's honors, right? I get emotional about that. But I'm not special. It's just because I showed up for myself and I was consistent yeah. And people saw that I could do it, and they started to believe they could do that, too. Mm-hmm. We all have that power. There is nothing special about what I've done. I wasn't like any sort of an athlete, right? I'm just a normal woman. Like, we can all do that. And if you set the example and more people believe, man, you could really make a dent in this narrative that, like, we have no living left to do in midlife, that it's all about decline. Like, we can really change what this looks like. And that's the impact I want my life to have. Going back to something you said earlier, which I agree with, that a lot of the the sort of pushback you're getting is because of your age. This idea that, and I think it's multifold here, that it is either a woman cannot, or worse, should not, should not, absolutely should <laughs> which, not. Yeah, that which is a amazing. whole other sort of like I don't know, you know, if that's the patriarchy or some kind of Calvinist yeah. BS or I don't know what that's about, but that's definitely a vibe out there. Oh, it is. It is. And it's not just me. You see any other woman in midlife who's wearing a short dress or even Joan gets this, you know, her little athletic outfit. She looks amazing in. I know she, she, she loves to be fashionable, dress cute. I see that she gets this backlash. You know, when did we decide that at a certain age you had to fit this mold? And if you didn't, it just was totally unacceptable. You know, like, why can't we wear what we feel good in? Who cares? But you know what the beauty is about midlife is, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. When I hit 50, I stopped caring. You just don't care anymore, right? What people think. Oh, I still care. I I absolutely care. care. I'm like, I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear. And if you don't like it, that's okay with me. I'm okay with that, right? But it is a thing. And why I want to highlight this is... I want to change this narrative. I think it all goes back to this narrative about decline, 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 decline. That's what we're supposed to do is decline. And if you're not declining and you're wearing things, you're not supposed to, you have muscle and all this stuff, 
it's a problem. It shouldn't be. I want it to be like midlife can look amazing. You know, it can look like anything you want it to look like. My saying is my, my followers know this. I always say we get to choose. We get to choose how we age and I choose to age strong. And you know what? I work damn hard. And if I'm going to wear a short dress, sometimes I'm going to wear a short dress, you know, (laughs) like that's okay. One of the other things that I've heard is that, oh, um, She's just trying to like look like she's twenty. She wants to you mm, know, I get that be too. that age again. Yes. What's what's up with that? I have no idea. I think um, again, it's about the, that's acceptable, right? Um, I get mm. I get that I'm narcissistic, right? That I'm I'm mm-hmm. putting myself out there in bikinis, um, or that I want attention. Uh, frankly, I had a comment today on that post that said I look like a porno model. I'm wearing a bikini, right? And I commented back, I don't actually know what that looks like, so I have to take your word for that. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it it is triggering. And I think it's, again, yeah. it's just about, you know, you get to midlife and it's supposed to look a certain way. And if it doesn't, it's just not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Again, I'm going to get some hate mail for what I'm going to say here. No, okay. I get hate mail. <laughs> it's yeah, all right. That's okay. Um, that, you know what? I th- and I'm gonna, I'll tell you this real quick. I actually like when I get these comments because what I have realized in social media, if you walk the middle ground and you're just not saying anything controversial, you're not inspiring anybody. If you want to inspire someone and be on one end of the spectrum, the opposite end of the spectrum is you're offending. And mm-hmm. I know when I'm offending people or I get these comments, that's a good post because now I'm inspiring others. And I'm I'm willing to offend in order to inspire. That to me is a good trade-off. I just want to make the distinction here between acceptance and shaming. Yes. All right? Shaming, no go. I don't care what you're up to with that. That's not acceptable. You're not shaming Agreed. people for their gender, for their weight. Agreed. For their religious beliefs, for any of that, you know, stop that crap. That's different than what we're talking about here. I, I just want to be clear about that. I agree with absolutely a hundred percent. We have to love each um, other and ourselves, right? It just it it's yeah. I think as a society, we're so caught up in the physical and the appearance that mm. we just miss what's important a lot. I think that's the overreaching thing, and. Again, I think what we're both saying and what's most important is that if you want to live a long, vibrant life, you've got to be healthy and strong. So let's um, let's go to one of the, the sort of misconceptions here is yes. and, and we get this a lot. It's um, if you're a woman and you lift weight, especially you lift heavy weight. Yes. You're going to turn into Arnold. Um, yes. By the way, Arnold only looked like Arnold because he was on massive doses of anabolics. I know. <laughs> Even I know. Arnold doesn't look like Arnold. <laughs> no, exactly. He doesn't look like he used to, right? No, and and all no. those weightlifters of the you know eighties and nineties, they were all on who knows what. But um, no, that's absolutely true. There's this thing about bulking, and I get this all the time from women. I don't bulk yeah. up. I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to get bulky. And someone said once, that's like saying you want don't want to drive a car because you're going to become Michael Schumacher, right? Like it doesn't happen. <laughs> like, you- Right. Like, or, or, you know, you don't want to swim because you don't want to become Michael Phelps. You have to be for, you know, a decade or more. That's your entire existence. Right. You are so dedicated at this. Believe me, like the average person, that's never going to happen. And what I can tell you is what I have learned. And I still have women that I coach. They'll say, I don't want to work my legs because I get bulky really easily. A lot of times that's because. It's not just the muscles are growing real fast. Like you're not, you know, uh, 
genetically so you know, different than everybody else that your muscles are all of a sudden growing at this exceptional rate. It's that a lot of times it's about losing the body fat. So you reveal the muscle, right? A lot of times it's like mm. you weren't the size maybe that you wanted to be in the beginning and then you start to lift weight and you start to see a little bit of definition. And it's, it's about to see that muscle, you get lean. It's not that you're growing these enormous muscles eventually initially it's not I, yeah it's not a thing I, it's not a thing it's not gonna it, happen i'm five eleven and a half i weigh 168 pounds well i'm ski racing so i don't lift weight like i used to but start april i will again so you know i'm in the gym five days a week i eat a lot of protein there is no reality on earth where <laughs> like no. i'm gonna be in the nfl like i'm just that <laughs> my genetics aren't gonna allow that no and yeah. I've been, you know, building five days a week for three and a half years to gain. Now you get newbie gains. Newbie gains are an amazing thing. You can build a lot of muscle your first year, but after that, yeah. it's very hard. And you build yeah. just a little bit every year and you work very hard for that. So believe me, yeah, don't worry about getting bulky. It's not happening. <laughs> no. This is wonderful. I'm so glad you came on the show. Me too. I, know I love this. A lot of feedback on this. Well, we're just talking <laughs> what's in our heart. It's, you know. <laughs> A few years ago, we interviewed Dr. Connie Mariano for Aegis. She was the director of White House Medical under three presidents. First Filipino rear admiral, wonderful woman, and she's now has a medical practice in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, you know, sort of the stuff we're talking about and about, mm -hmm. you know, getting people healthy. And she said, the favorite way to get women into the gym is if their daughters are getting married and they want to buff out their arms. I and love she's that. she's like... She's like, we use the vanity to get them in there. And once yes. they start going, we just keep them going. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I yeah. think actually a lot of transformations start that way, right? You think I just, yeah. I want to look better. And then you get into it and pretty quickly you realize it's not really about that. You start to feel better, right. right? You see these changes, you start to feel strong. And I will tell you, I didn't understand what feeling in my strong in my body felt like until mm -hmm. I started lifting weights. And then it became addicting. I was like, I felt like I could do anything, right? I can carry yeah. my groceries up the 50 stairs with no problem. That was unthinkable before. I can go on a plane and know I can put that luggage in the overhead bin. That is not a problem for me. You start to feel really capable. And that is an amazing feeling. That's addicting. I hurt my arm surfing and I couldn't, like my left arm sort of didn't work for about a year. Ooh. And I felt yes, terrible, like tendonitis issues. And oh, wow. Um, you know, repetitive motion from the from surfing. Surfing is really not surfing. Surfing is just like endless swimming, yeah. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> People you think it's like all cool about riding stuff. this way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot of just bad. Like, so, you know, one of the things I noticed when my arm was hurt was how vulnerable I felt. Yes. Like I felt really vulnerable out in the world. And I noticed this vulnerability made me more fearful of mm -hmm. not just physical things, but Everything like yes. new ideas, new people. I just yes. didn't, I didn't have the sort of elasticity to say like, Oh, okay. That's all right. Let's, let's think about that. Or, Oh yeah, you're, you're cool. All right. And then once my arm got better and I felt not vulnerable. So this sort of idea of strong body or, or feeling, having the sense that you feel strong within yourself, it goes across a lot of different other areas besides just being able to pick stuff up. It's 100%. your ability to deal with, with new things, things that would be threatening or fearful to you. 
you're able to say just like, oh, okay, what's that like? What do you like? Like, tell me about yourself rather than just like, oh my God, I'm really scared. Stay away from me. A hundred percent. I think that um, as you get strong, it builds confidence, right? In your mind, yeah. you really feel more capable in your body and mm-hmm. therefore you feel more capable in life. And like I always say, you know, it's like, you climb one mountain. Like I got to what that's when I did my first competition or just like before that, when I was getting strong and I felt strong in my body, I felt like I'd climbed this mountain and I was like, what's next. And then you start to see there's another mountain in the distance that you didn't even have a concept of before because it builds upon itself. The more that you show that to yourself that you can do, the more you believe that you can do and your dreams actually become bigger as you're building this confidence. It really, again, it's the the biggest rewards. Yes, it's great to feel strong in my body. It's amazing. But the biggest rewards are these mindset rewards, these dreams that you have. And I'll say, I wanted to mention this before, and I'll say this really quickly. I find a resistance of women when I, I encourage my clients to have dreams, not just goals, but dreams. We just did a whole talk on this. And I'll, ask my clients to dream and like share those with me. And they're very resistant to, to dream. I think we get used to not dreaming. And I think at some point in midlife, we tell ourselves we can't. And so right. I really challenge them to do that. Right. Cause I think that's very important. It's hard for people. Scary. I'm just realizing it's scary. It's, it is, but why can't yeah. we have dreams? Like we need to have things that are longer term Big things that drive us forward, creative things, right? That we can get really excited about. And I think that is another really key component to aging, you know, well, to be excited about your future, I think is just really critical. There's a graph that I read recently. One of my favorite books is called Philosophy for Polar Explorers. Mm. And it's it's a brilliant little book about this really articulate guy who walked to the North Pole with his buddy and then walked alone to the South Pole, and then he climbed Everest. But that's not really what it's about. It's about having a dream and going forward and doing it. And he has this graph. On the one axis, it's capacity to carry things out. And on the bottom axis, it's the dream. The two lines cross in the middle, Mm. meaning that as we get older, we have much more capacity to carry these things out. But our imagination of our, our dream becomes less. And he says in there, it's easier to take the person out of the dream than to take the dream out of the person. And so we, mm. we naturally remove ourselves from these dreams. Right. It's kind of scary. It's like, do I really want to say that? Do I want to claim that? I mean, yes. who am I to, to say I want whatever? I have no right to say that. Well, yes, you do. It's you do. your dream. <laughs> it's not my dream. It's your dream. Own it. It's fine. Like, like go big. What do you want? No, exactly. Hard. I mean, I also think, I mean, this not to be morbid, but, you know, we're all going to be dead one day. Like, no one's going to care what we did, right? Like, just live your life because (laughs) who cares? No one's going to remember at one point if you did it or not. Just do it. Do all those. Don't leave anything on the table. Do all the things that's in your heart's desire. At least try. You know, and they ask people, right, when they're on their deathbeds you know, what their regret, biggest regrets are. And it's the, the risks they didn't take, right? The things they didn't do that they wanted to. It's sad. Let's not do that. If you're somebody out there who's thinking about like this fitness transformation thing, that'd probably be really good for me. I think I'll probably live longer. I'll live happier. It's good for my family. But then maybe some people around you are saying, oh, I'm lifting weights. I don't, I don't know if you're going to do that. Or, wait. Oh, you, yeah. You don't want the pizza? Why don't you want the pizza? Your dreams are yours. 
not theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, be careful about who you listen to about where you want to go because it's about you. And like you said, you get one spin of the bottle here. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yes. How are you going to do it for you? Exactly. And I think you might disagree, but I personally think even for women, it's harder because mm. especially as mom, I'm not a mom, but I know a lot of moms, right? It go through this where they're used to giving everything for their children yeah, and they've right. stopped thinking about what they want for themselves. Like that's just disappeared. Mm. And then when you start to challenge them in midlife and their kids are out of the house to like, okay, what do you want? Like, they don't know. I go through this with my clients. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we got to come up with some things that are just for you. Right. Like that's important. You're still here. You've got decades left. You got to come up with some stuff just for you. It's your time. I say it's our time now. Right. Like it's there's a beautiful thing about aging where now we really can just focus on ourselves. Right. And it's not selfish, but like really just chase the things that are important to us. You know, our careers, you know, if we're retiring or our kids are out 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 of the house, it's our time now. And I just want to speak about kids and parents. Even when the kids are out of the house, they're still watching you. Yes. <laughs> and if you do something like, you know, you're like, okay, um, it's time for me to like really care for myself and take care of myself. What kind of message is that sending to your kids? Pretty positive yep. one. Saying 100%. like, this is possible. This can be done. Look at mom. Mom is kick ass. Like, that sounds like a pretty good role model. A hundred percent. And you know what's kind of cool? I see a lot of young men now. I don't know if you've seen this too. Go to the gyms with their moms. And I hear a lot of these stories. I just love Ooh, that. Interesting. Yes. I haven't seen that. I love that idea though. Yeah. I have a lot of um, clients and I've talked to a lot of women that their sons will go show them how to use the equipment and then they work out together. Yeah. I just love it. And I see a lot more younger people in the gym, like teenagers. I think it's awesome. I just, I love what you're doing, Denise. I want you to take a moment here, do a little self-promo. What do you do and how can people contact you? Yes. So I started my company last year because I guess we're 2024 already. So the end of last year, Rebellion Body. So www.rebellionbody.com. I intentionally named my company Rebellion Body because we are rebelling against this narrative, right? Of midlife. You know, I say we are the rebels. Um, And then also my Instagram is 50 Fitness Journey, F-I-F-T-Y, 50 Fitness Journey. And what I do is um, transformation. I'm a transformation coach. I have a team of coaches and we get women on a macro nutrition plan. We make sure they eat protein. Most women under eat, the vast majority of women dramatically under eat protein. So we teach them what that looks like. And um, we get them on a workout program, you know, from beginners. If you've never lifted a weight in your life, you know, come to us and we'll help you. But my goal is, and I, my number one goal for my company is to have impact and to change this, this narrative around aging and to educate women that if you want to live a full, vibrant life as you age, you need to get strong. It takes Building muscle and getting strong, it really does. And I want women to age fearlessly. And that's what we're, that's our goal. That's what we're aiming to do. I want all you guys out there, men and women who are listening to this, to become the best versions of yourselves today, the way you define it. Not the way I define it or Denise designs it, but the way you define it. And remember, we're talking about you today. Not you 20, 30 years ago. Let's not compare that. Who are you bringing to the table today? Let's see what we can do about that. I love that. 
Denise, it is such a pleasure. We'll um, put links in the show notes for people to contact you. Um, you. you are one of the the great joys of my year. Aww. It's been just wonderful getting to know you. Really appreciate Likewise. it. Likewise. I hope to see you again. I really enjoy our conversations. Absolutely. Take care now. Thanks, David. That was wonderful. You know, Denise is one of these amazing finds that we had the opportunity to come across here at Aegist and the Super Age podcast. I love discovering people like this. I love becoming friendly with them and I love learning from them. Boy, this idea that we can do things, we can do hard things, and let's dream, right? Let's dream big. We're going to get with Just Try This after a quick word from our sponsor. One supplement that I take every day is MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. It contains urolithin A. There's a tremendous amount of science out there about urolithin A, and it's all very positive. Urolithin A helps us with something called mitophagy, which is cleaning out our older, not-so-functional mitochondria, and at 65... I've built up some dysfunctional mitochondria, cleans those out, replaces them with new, better-functioning mitochondria. What it does is it helps us with all the energy production in our bodies, our brains, our immune systems, our muscles, all of those include mitochondria. They're the energy powerhouse, and we want to have the best mitochondria we can. This is why I take MitoPure every day, why members of my scientific board take it, why their families take it. It's a great product. If you go to TimelineNutrition.com slash Aegist, use the code Aegist at checkout, and you'll save 10% on your first purchase. This week on Just Try This, we're going to do something around the fourth of the five superaging big rocks. And just to review what those are, they are sleep, nutrition, activity, stress management, and connection. Let's talk about stress management. We all know that stress is not good for us. It is corrosive. It leads to long-term negative health consequences and also to unpleasantness in our day-to-day lives. So there's some really simple, easy ways to deal with this. One of my favorite are simple breathing exercises. My favorite one is called box breathing. It's also called yogic breathing. It can be called tactical breathing. It's all the same thing. This is how it goes. You inhale for five beats. You go one two, three, four, five. Then you hold for five. One, two, three, four, five. You exhale slowly for five. One, two, three, four, five. And then you hold again for five. And you repeat that. Try and do that for maybe, you know, not even long, like three or four minutes before you go to bed. And I did the count really fast. You want to do it a little slower, like one beat per second. Now, what's that going to do? It will immediately lower your blood pressure. It will also immediately increase your heart rate variability, both really good, and you're probably going to sleep a lot better. So that's a zero-cost, easy thing to do before you go to bed. Simple, doesn't take long to help you manage your stress. That's this week on Just Try This. This is the part of the show where I ask you to do us a favor, if you could. Please pass this podcast on to someone that you like, who you think could enjoy it. If you have a moment, it just takes a second Please leave us a rating up to five stars. We love five stars. And if you can, leave us a comment. If you want to reach out to me directly, david at superage.com. I answer all of my email directly and personally. Next week, oh, we got a good one. We got a treat. We've got Carl Flager. And Carl is a verified genius. Used to work for Google, one of the originators of the AI program there. And it's now an investor and an authority on what the newest innovations are in longevity 
Biotech. It took us a while to get in touch with Carl. You're going to love this. He's really an amazing guy. Super smart. Very nice. That's next week on the Super Age Podcast. Until then, everybody, hey, have an awesome week and dream some big dreams. We'll see you then. Take care now. Take care now.